Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lift it up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Old Testament book of Proverbs. The Old Testament book of Proverbs and Proverbs chapter number 11. Proverbs and chapter number 11. All of this year that we've been seeking after wisdom. And Proverbs is the book of wisdom. And so as we've been going along, we've been hitting some of these special Proverbs uh, one at a time here and there and just getting wisdom and pulling them from there. So because of that, we find a whole lot of different subjects that are mentioned within the book of Proverbs. We've hit before about raising children. We've hit before about controlling our tongue. We've hit before about uh, (coughs) dealing with this and dealing with that. Now we come to a different subject found within the book of Proverbs in chapter number 11. The book of Proverbs chapter 11, and if you don't mind, notice with me in verse number 30. Proverbs chapter number 11 And in verse number 30, the word of God says this. Proverbs 11 and verse 30. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he that winneth souls is wise. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in the book of Proverbs chapter number 11? Proverbs chapter 11, and notice with me in verse 30. The fruit of the righteous the fruit of the righteous. And with this, we want to explore and explain what is this mean? What is the fruit of the righteous? We'll cover this subject, the fruit of the righteous. Let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for you being a wonderful God. And as we come to you now, we're just asking that you would give us grace and mercy. Help us to open up this Bible in a special way that we can understand from you, that you could speak to us, and that we would respond to you. Lord, I thank you for this day that you've given us, for these folks being here. And we know that it's not by accident that you are trying to encourage people to be healthy, not just physically, not just mentally, but spiritually. And that if we are spiritually healthy, we know that there are going to be some evidences of that. Help us now to have spiritual eyes and spiritual understanding and be able to see within ourselves, are we healthy? Are we healthy spiritually and what does that look like? Again, you make this clear. You with your Holy Spirit draw people close. You with your spirit convict and help people to make decisions. And that you would change eternity because of this message and our response. Fill me with your precious spirit now that you can get your own work accomplished. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. Then it goes on to say, and he that winneth souls is wise. If you don't mind, let's kind of explore this passage and start with this question. What is the fruit of the righteous? What is the fruit of the righteous? Now, in basic terms, the fruit is reproduction of another. For example, if we had an apple, now I think maybe I should have brought some observations that way I had something to eat. But if I had an apple... Inside of the apple are going to have seeds. If I plant those seeds, what am I going to get? An apple. All right? So if I had a watermelon, and inside of the watermelon, I'm going to have seeds, right? And if I plant those seeds, what am I going to get? So the idea of a fruit is something that is going to cover the seeds so that way that plant can reproduce. We can understand that. The purpose of the fruit is it's a reproductive organ of a plant. It is something that allows that plant to reproduce. Now, there's a basic law in all of nature. And this is a law of science called the law of biogenesis. So for those of you who like science type stuff, here's a science thing for you. The law of biogenesis. What is the law of biogenesis? This states that every healthy 
organism reproduces itself. Every healthy organism reproduces itself. So if I have a healthy wheat plant, it's going to produce seeds to reproduce another uh, wheat plant. If I have a healthy cat that hasn't been operated on, that hasn't had anything done, it's a healthy cat, it's going to reproduce itself. If I have a healthy bird, what's going to happen if it's healthy? It will reproduce itself. If I have a healthy human being, what's going to happen if they're healthy? They will reproduce itself. It's called the law of biogenesis. Every healthy organism reproduces itself. That's something about all of, of, of animals, all of, um, not just animals, but all of life is that one of the qualifications is that it reproduces itself. Every healthy organism reproduces itself. Christians are not exempt from this law. Every healthy Christian will reproduce itself. Now, if we had a lady who was, we would say, barren, we would say there's something medically wrong. There's something keeping her from reproducing herself. And so doctors would do tests and they would work on, but the diagnosis is that during that time, she is unhealthy. Does that make sense? Every healthy organism reproduces itself. And so they would work and examine to see what it takes to make her healthy so she can reproduce. Well, every healthy organism reproduces itself. That is true for a Christian. Every healthy Christian will reproduce itself. What does a Christian reproduce? More Christians. Every healthy organism reproduces itself. That means Christians who are not reproducing or producing brand new Christians, telling people about the Lord, seeing them saved, we'll explain those terms in a second, is an un healthy Christian. There is something spiritually wrong with that Christian if they do not reproduce themselves. Every healthy organism reproduces itself. That's a law of science. It's a law of nature. And it's a law found in the Bible that every healthy organism reproduces itself. So the healthy life is what God has desired for all of his children. Now think about that. God desires for you to be healthy, not just physically, not just mentally, but remember we're made up of three parts. We also need to be healthy spiritually. Now in our world today, we understand that many people focus on two of the three. We have people that focus on the physical. So they lift out weights and they become good and they model themselves and that's great. They, they look good physically. <coughs> We know that today there's become a great emphasis and we're thankful for it for mental health, making sure we're healthy up here because of tragedies and traumas. There's all kinds of things that can happen, offenses, whatnot, and that people need to be healthy up here. They need to be healthy up here, being able to think, process information. Sorry, kids. That's why we send you to school. Why? We want you to be healthy up here. We want you to be able to think, process information. We want you to be able to examine life, to be able to see a problem and figure out how to fix it rather than go, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to leave it there. I have a busted faucet and water spraying all over. I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to go watch TV. We want you to be able to think properly and examine a problem come to a conclusion, what do I do to fix this? And then take the steps to fix it. That's a healthy organization, organism mentally to be able to think and process information. Well, God also wants us to be spiritually healthy. In order to prove that, may I just show you a couple different passages to show that God desires, he wants you to be spiritually healthy. Hold your finger here because we are turning back, but let's just look at a couple different passages. Look with me, Psalm chapter one. So you're in Proverbs now, turn to the book before Psalm one, Psalm one. And notice God is going to use poetical language to try to explain that he wants every Christian to be spiritually healthy. Psalm chapter one. 
Psalm chapter one and verse one. Psalm chapter one and verse one. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he, the man who's delighting in God's word, shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water." And bringeth forth his fruit in his season. And his leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now notice God wants us to be spiritually healthy. How do we become spiritually unhealthy? By the people you hang around. Verse number one. Who, who's going to help you to be spiritually unhealthy? People who are ungodly. People who are in the way of sinners. People who are scornful. Those are people, according to verse 1, who are going to keep you from being spiritually healthy. Now, we can figure that out with no help. That if you're are hanging around people that hate the Bible, I hate God, I hate God's word, well, that's going to have an influence on you. In fact, what is evidence or how do we become spiritually healthy? Verse 2, his delight shall be in the law of the Lord. You want to figure out how spiritually healthy you are? Tell me how much Bible you're reading and how much Bible you're retaining how much of God's word you love. People who are not reading the Bible are not spiritually healthy. Period. End quote. Sorry. <laughs> but, 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 no, no, I'm sorry. We're talking about our spiritual health now. Anyone who is not reading their Bible faithfully is not spiritually healthy. This is why we place a great emphasis that the greatest thing you could do on a daily basis is to read God's word for yourself. That's why when I start counseling with someone, one of my first questions, how's your Bible reading? Why? It lets me know where you're at. See if you're spiritually healthy or not. But notice what happens when we are spiritually healthy. Verse number three. And he, the one who loves God's word, delights in God's word, shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Now, we know that for any plant to grow, they need a a steady water source. So a tree that's planted right by a river is going to have a natural flow of water into it. He sh and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit. Notice every healthy organism reproduces itself. So he's going to be like a tree that has a steady water flow. And because he has a steady water flow, it is going to reproduce fruit. Why? Because he is healthy. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So here it's talking about a tree that has a water source going to it, that it has enough water, it's not going to have a leaf that's going to wither and die because it's starving, because it's thirsty, because it's dehydrated. Instead, <clears throat> the Bible goes on and steps out of the picture and says, if you are healthy spiritually, you are also going to prosper in the things you do. Well, no one wants to live a life that you're going to fail at everything you do. If you're spiritually healthy, you have God's promise that you are also going to prosper in the things that you do. Again, I'm placing the emphasis here that God wants all of us to be spiritually healthy. May I show you another illustration from the Bible that God wants you to be spiritually healthy? Turn with me to Jeremiah. Jeremiah is one of the major prophets. So if you go past Proverbs and keep going the other way, you'll come to Isaiah, Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 17. We're coming to this start off with the idea, what is the fruit of the righteous? And we know that every healthy organism reproduces itself. We're also logically showing from the Bible that God desires for every believer to be spiritually healthy. And God has placed a great emphasis. How do we become spiritually healthy, by the way? Well, we need the running waters of God's word into our life, constantly feeding us. Jeremiah chapter 17, notice with me in verse 7. Jeremiah 17 in verse 7. Blessed is the man who trusteth in the Lord, whose hope is 
the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters. Here's that same illustration again. That spreadeth out her roots by the river that shall not see when the heat cometh, but her leaves shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. So notice this, verse seven, it talks about this qualification. What makes a Christian healthy, a believer healthy? Someone who puts their hope and trust in God. Who is spiritually healthy? Someone who puts their hope and trust in God. What happens when someone's spiritually healthy? They'll again be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that shall have this water flowing through it, and it shall not see when the heat cometh. This carries the idea that it ignores the heat. Now, in Wisconsin, we don't have a problem with heat too bad. Uh, you know, we only had five days of 90. My mom, who lives in Texas, was just telling me that they had 75 days straight of over 100. How would you like that? They're worrying about the heat. The heat is a problem for them right now. Things are drying up. My mom, where she's at in Texas, says it's the worst dr uh, drought since 1922. Uh, they just, they're dying out there. And so people are worrying about water. She said they're in stage four of, of uh, water conservation. You know, you're, you're not allowed to wash your hands and take showers and whatnot because they're trying to save as much water as they possibly can. Uh, you can't water your lawns. That's a big waste. Uh, uh, could you imagine? I mean, something we don't have to worry about up here. But down there, it's a big deal. Notice again in verse 8. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when the heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green. If you go down to that place in Texas right now, you're not going to see a lot of green grass or green trees or green anything. And shall not be careful. This word careful means anxious or worried in the year of drought. That if you are plugged in and you have a water source, you don't have to worry about, well, is there going to be a drought? Is there going to be, what am I going to do? How am I going to survive? If you're plugged into the correct water source of God's word and trusting in him, you don't have to wither depending on the circumstances. As a Christian, when things happen in our life, we don't have to wilt. We don't have to die. We can continue to stand strong because we're plugged into God. God desires for us to be spiritually healthy. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. That even in the midst of drought, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of all of this, we can still be bearing fruit. Why? Every healthy organism reproduces itself. And even in persecution, if we're plugged into the correct water source, in the time of drought, if we're plugged into the right water source, we are still going to be spiritually healthy and producing fruit. God desires for us to be spiritually healthy. How do you know? Well, let's look somewhere else. Let's look in the New Testament. John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Should be a familiar passage for most Christians. John chapter 15. God desires for us to be spiritually healthy. And if we're spiritually healthy, every healthy organism reproduces itself. John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Notice with me, if you don't mind, in verse number 1. John chapter 15 in verse number 1. I, now this is Jesus speaking, am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. In fact, all throughout this passage, he is giving this illustration of the vine and the branches. How do we know that we are healthy? We're healthy if we're plugged into Jesus. We know that for a plant, you have what is called the xylem and the phylum. You're like, we're doing too much science. The xylem and the phylum. These are vessels inside of the plant that carries nutrients up from the ground to the rest of the plant. And then it carries the water and moisture back down to the roots so they could process. And the energy from the leaves, the chlorophyll, and that energy that's formed because of the chlorophyll back down. The xylem and the phylum. And so it needs to be plugged in. But if you take a branch and you break it off of a tree, that branch will wither and die because it's no longer plugged into that source. 
that Jesus said, if you want to be spiritually healthy, be plugged into me. And if you're plugged into me, you will bear fruit. If you are not plugged into me, evidence will be you're not bearing fruit. This whole passage deals with this subject. In fact, God just doesn't want us to bear fruit. He wants us to bear much fruit. He wants us to bear more fruit. He wants us to have fruit that remains. That's what God wants. Every healthy organism reproduces itself. How do we become healthy? By being in his Bible. How do we become healthy? Putting our faith and trust in God. How do we become healthy? We're plugged into Jesus. That's how we're spiritually healthy. Every healthy organism reproduces itself. And over and over we see this illustration. There's more, but let's just turn to one more. I'm not going to turn to them all, but let's just turn to one more. The book of Isaiah. Isaiah 61. So if you're in Jeremiah before, the book before that is Isaiah, Isaiah 61. Isaiah chapter 61, God desires for us to be healthy. And the law of biogenesis is that everything that is healthy will reproduce itself. Isaiah 61, notice with me in verse 1, the spirit of the Lord of God, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes." the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness and the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. In um, Isaiah chapter 61, verses one through three, Jesus Christ, when he started his public ministry, this is the passage he quoted. When he started, he sat in the synagogue, said, hey, let me give me some scripture. What do you want to read? I want to read Isaiah. He read Isaiah. Then he looked at everyone and said, today is the scripture fulfilled to you. And he sat down and everybody went, just what just happened? And they, they were, what? What? Jesus said this. <laughs> today I've come and I've started my earthly ministry. And I've come so that way you can have life and not just life more abundantly. Today, you have this. Why? I want you to be spiritually healthy. Because of what Jesus Christ did, he wants to turn to us and take our beauty for ashes. He wants to take, give us the oil of joy and exchange it for mourning. He wants to give us the garment of praise for that spirit of healthiness, our heaviness. He wants to take it from our mourning and our depression and our spirit spiritually unhealthy and turn us spiritually healthy. That's the principle here. He wants to take us from unhealthy to healthy. And when we are healthy, we might be called the trees of righteousness, which is exactly what was said before. And the planting of the Lord. Why? That he may be glorified. If you notice everything about us being spiritually healthy is centered on God. You cannot be spiritually healthy without God. And if you are spiritually healthy, then all the credit goes to God because it is him that does it. We can't do anything of ourselves. You cannot say, I'm going to be spiritually healthy. And may I say that if you have spiritual unhealthiness inside of you, you can't take care of it yourself, no matter how mad you try. You have to have the Lord to change you and to work with you. It's all about him. We forget that, that we can make our bodies stronger when it's weak. We could work hard and start exercising and start going. We could sharpen our minds. Even if you're old, you could sharpen your minds. You could learn things and start sharpening your mind up and making it so you could process information and knock out all that rust that you've been building up in that mind for a while because of television. I mean... You, 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 work, you could work in sharpening your mind. Those are things you could do for yourself, for your physical body and your mentally. But you cannot do anything of your spiritual life on your own. Now, you could read your Bible, 
But it is God that makes you healthy as you obey him. He changes you. He gives you life. He gives you health. You have to be plugged into God. That's what we're speaking about now. We're defining our terms. Now go back, if you don't mind, to Proverbs chapter number 11. We're talking about the fruit of the righteous is the tree of life. That God wants us to become spiritually healthy. This is the key. Now, we could have started with the soul winning part, which is what we're going to cover now, and which most people do. But we have to start off with us being spiritually healthy. We have to be spiritually healthy. Jesus said, if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. We have to have the right order. We have to be plugged into God. We have to be spiritually healthy if we're going to reproduce ourselves. Every healthy organism reproduces itself. So now we come back to Proverbs 11 and verse 30. The fruit of the righteous is the tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Now we come to the second question. First of all, what is this tree of life? What is the fruit of the righteousness? The second question, what does it mean to win souls? What does it mean to win souls? Winning souls is the method of Christians reproducing itself. Winning souls is the method of Christians reproducing itself. Now let's just cover what soul winning is not. That's our term soul winning. We get it from this passage here. What soul winning is not? Soul winning is not a decision for Christ. We're defining our terms. Soul winning is not a decision for Christ. Just getting someone to say a prayer or just say that I'm going to follow Jesus. That's not soul winning. Soul winning is not living a good life. Well, I'm living a good life, so I'm a good soul winner. No, 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 no. Living a good life is not soul winning. Soul winning is not getting someone to join a church. Praise the Lord for everyone who invites people to church, but that's not soul winning. Soul winning isn't getting someone baptized. Remember, baptism doesn't save anyone or wash away their sins. Just because they get baptized, that's not soul winning. So what is soul winning? Some will attempt to make soul winning to be simply just evangelism. Just telling people about Christ. Soul winning in this context of what we're talking about here goes beyond simple evangelism. It's winning people to the Lord Jesus Christ, getting into the place where they realize that they're a sinner and because of their sin that they've offended a holy, righteous God, but that Jesus paid the price and they willingly and personally accept Christ as their Savior. Once they accept that, then we win them to fall in love with the Lord to follow after him through their obedience. It's not simply enough just to lead someone to salvation. It's leading them to accept Christ as their savior and leading them to follow after them with the rest of their lives. Remember, every healthy organism reproduces itself. I don't want to reproduce a dud. I want to see fruit that remains. That's what God promised. I don't want to see someone say, well, I got saved and then never darken the door of the church again. Uh, That happened to my wife. My wife worked with someone for like uh, five years, calling them every week, loving on them, working with them. Finally, they came to church after five years, worked with them. We preached the gospel. They got saved. Praise the Lord. And then she says, oh, well, now that I'm saved and going to heaven, I don't have to go to church no more and stop going. Something went wrong there. Something's not healthy. Something's not right. We don't want to reproduce fruit that's not healthy. I mean, could you imagine an apple tree that, that looked very beautiful on the outside, but was hollow on the inside? You picked it up and just kind of crushed in your hands. That, that's not the type that you, of fruit that you want. You don't want to have bananas that they form already blackened and rotten. You don't want watermelons that are all kind of jagged and misshapen and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, have no red stuff in the inside. It's all rind. Uh, That's not the fruit that you want. You want healthy fruit. You want fruit that remains, fruit that is going to reproduce itself, fruit that's going to last. Now, every healthy organism reproduces itself. And that healthy organism is going to reproduce what it is. And we want to see Christians who are not just saved, but following the Lord. 
That's the type of fruit that we're looking for. Fruit that remains. Fruit that's following. That's the idea of soul winning. It's bringing them to the place of salvation and then bringing them to the place of service. Bringing them to the place where they accept Christ's gift and then they willingly choose to follow after him. That is what we're talking about in soul winning here. With that, we know that soul winning is commanded. Soul winning is commanded. We have what is called the Great Commission. Five times God gave this Great Commission. Five parts make the whole. In these five parts, he told them that you are to go out into the world and preach the gospel. We're supposed to preach to every creature, but that's not all. He also said that we're supposed to teach them all things. If we were to summarize the Great Commission in two words, it'd be reaching and teaching. Reaching them and discipling them. That is part of soul winning. That is part of the Great Commission. Not just getting them to say a prayer, but also encouraging them and teaching them to follow after him. This is God's instructions to us to follow after him. We are commanded to go soul winning. So again, every healthy organism reproduces itself. How are we healthy? We're plugged into God. Because we're plugged into God, we're also going to obey his commands. So he told us to do this. This is what we're going to do. We're going to follow after him. We know that soul winning was taught by precept, meaning that people taught us this. Let me show you just two passages, Old Testament, New Testament. Let's go to the New Testament first, Galatians chapter 4. Let's see, as the Apostle Paul gave this precept, this principle of soul winning. Galatians. So 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians. Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. Notice this principle in Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, and notice with me in verse number 19. Now remember, every healthy organism reproduces itself. We're not just, as we're soul winning, it's not just getting them to say a prayer, but we are forming God in them. Notice what it says, uh, Galatians 4, 19. Galatians 4, 19. My little children, of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. Now, we know that there's a process here. So we have a, babe, a lady who's got a baby in the womb. What's happening in that womb? Bones are starting to form. Organs are starting to form. Blood cells are forming. All of those things are forming within the womb. And when, <laughs> when the lady, after all of that time waiting, finally travails, uh, by the way, the travailing comes before that, back, hormones, issues. I mean, you, you got nine months of dealing with this. Finally, the event comes and you got to travail some more and you're working hard and it's been hard on mom. And finally, the day comes up and Mr. Potato Head comes out. It's plastic, plastic ears, plastic. Is that what she travailed for? Something that's cheap, something that's not alive? What is she expecting to reproduce? Another human. Not Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> There's this idea that she's trying, expected to reproduce after herself. Every healthy organism reproduces itself. With soul winning, it's not just leading them to salvation. It's also bringing them until Christ is formed in them. That you're the parent. You're, you're raising them up until they are behaving like Christ. By the way, for those who are, have been discipling others, you know there's a travail in that. Every parent knows that there's travail in raising a child to try to raise them into a functional adult. Remember, the goal isn't just to produce a child and say, all right, woohoo, now that you're born, you survive on your own. Good luck. Your goal is to raise them from birth to become a functional adult. That's when you're successful as a parent. Paul says, I'm not successful because you said a prayer. I'm successful when you are now at the place of a functioning Christian where you're healthy spiritually and every healthy organism reproduces itself. Turn with me, if you don't mind, Psalm 51. And let's look at the Old Testament and look at David. Psalm 51. 
Many of you are familiar with Psalm 51. Psalm 51 is a psalm written after David sinned against God with Bathsheba. And he tried to hold on for it for a full year, nine months until the baby was born. And, and uh, the preacher came and put his bony finger in David's face and said, Thou art the man. And David just surrendered and started to get things right with God. Notice in this process of him getting right with God, notice what was included in him getting right with God. Once again, becoming spiritually healthy. (laughs) Psalm 51, notice with me in verse 10. Psalm 51 verse 10. Create in me a clean heart. O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Lord, help me to become spiritually healthy. I was not spiritually healthy. I know that. I want you to fix me so I'm spiritually healthy. Verse number 11, cast me not away from thy presence, nor take thy Holy Spirit from me. Verse 12, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold with me thy free spirit. Once again, I want to be spiritually healthy. How do I know I'm spiritually healthy? I've got joy in my salvation. I'm glad that I'm saved. I'm glad I'm going to church. I'm glad I'm following the Lord. I'm glad I'm reading the Bible. I want that joy back that it is a blessing to follow after God and be obedient to him. I'm spiritually healthy. Once I'm spiritually healthy, verse 13, notice the first word, then. Notice, I need to be spiritually healthy. Once I'm spiritually healthy, then... Will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners be converted unto thee? Here we have this principle. David was not spiritually healthy and he needed to become spiritually healthy. And he understood that once he was spiritually healthy, every healthy organism reproduces itself. And if he's spiritually healthy, a result of that is he will be telling others about God and bringing them to follow after the Lord. Every healthy organism reproduces itself. Then we know that soul winning was taught by example over and over and over in the Bible. You see this example where God has commanded his people to go out and tell them. In fact, if you notice in the Bible, it is takes more work and effort by God to get the soul winner to go than what it does for the people to get saved. You look at Jonah. We have a whole book about God trying to get the guy to go. And he gets out there, says 11 words, and next thing you know, half a million people get saved. Was there a, a harvest problem? No, it was a preacher problem. It was a soul winner problem. Over and over you see this principle that once God finally gets the soul winner to go out, all of a sudden they get saved. God did that with Peter. Peter, I want you to go to the Gentiles. But God, they're unclean. Peter, just go out. But God, they're just go. Finally goes out and then they all get saved. It wasn't a people getting saved problem. No, it was a Peter problem. He's trying to get them to be spiritually healthy. Soul winning is taught by example. When we're spiritually healthy, we will go. And when we go, God bears fruit and fruit that remains. Which comes to a third question as we come up back to Proverbs 11. Proverbs 11. Notice again Proverbs 11, verse number 30. Proverbs 11, verse 30. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he that winneth souls is wise. So here's the question. Why is it wise to win souls? Why is it wise to win souls? The phrase that he that winneth souls, we could switch that around and still accurately say, the wise go soul winning. The wise go soul winning. If you are wise, if you are spiritually healthy, you will go soul winning. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. This is a principle found all throughout the Bible that we get right with God, we get spiritually healthy. He makes us go out. Reproduction, why is it wise to win souls? Here's a principle. Reproduction is the way organisms continue to exist and not become extinct. So if all the cats got together and said, listen here, we're not going to reproduce anymore. What's going to happen to them? They're going to die out if they don't reproduce. Some of you may say yay and some of you be sad, but 
you know, that would be an issue. If they decide to get, to get together, listen, we as a species, we're not going to have any more children. We refuse. What's going to happen to that species? It will die out. It will become extinct. Well, if Christians don't go win people to the Lord, how are people going to get saved? Christianity will die out, will become extinct if we don't go out. Now, there's something programmed in every organism, a desire to live. They want to live. That's why you reproduce, because you want your species to continue. There's something put into us. We're pre-programmed of God to exist. Every healthy organism reproduces itself. Every unhealthy organism or unhealthy organism feel like, well, we don't need to reproduce. Let's circumvent the whole thing. Another principle we find, why is it wise to go soul winning? Because of the worth of a soul. The worth of a soul makes it wise. Notice if you don't mind, let's go to the New Testament really quick. Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. The worth of a soul. Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. And notice with me, if you don't mind, Mark chapter 8 and verse number 36. Mark chapter 8 and verse 36. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What is the worth of a soul? Well, you may not think people are valuable. You may think that people are a waste of your time and a bother to you. But if you were to put all of the treasures of earth on one side and put one low down sinner on the other side and ask God, which one is more valuable to you? He'd pick the sinner every time. What is the value of a soul? What is the value of your soul? Let me tell you that God loves you. Every single one of you. You say, but I'm not healthy. I'm not lovely. But God still loves you. But I have problems and I hate people. God still loves you. God still cares for you. But I don't feel like I'm accepted. God accepts you. He wants you. He wants to spend all eternity with you. He loves you that much. He loves you so much that he sent his only son to die for you. That is how valuable you are. I mean, think about that. He sent his son to die for you. I have a son and I love him so much, but none of you are that valuable that I'm willing to allow him to die in your place. I mean, and don't be haughty. None of you would do it either unless you really hated your kid. I'm trying to find a reason to get rid of him. But I love my son. I don't want him to suffer in someone else's place. If someone had the choice of being, being tortured and I didn't have the choice to take the place, but I ped my son, hey, instead of you being tortured, how about you just take my son and torture him instead? Oh, no. Is that valuable? But God loved you so much, he sent his son to be tortured and died in your place. That is how valuable you are to God. So why is it worth it for us to go soul winning? Why is it wise? Because God sees every soul as valuable. And we need to do everything we can because we love the Lord to love what he loves and to try to tell everyone about forgiveness, to tell everyone how they could be forgiven of their sins and have a place with God for all eternity. If that's, that's one of the wisest things we can do because of our love for God is to try to see as many people go to heaven as possible. The value of a soul. What else? Why is it wise to win souls? A third thing, Christ's sufferings make it wise to win a soul. When you think about everything that Christ did for us, then you think about even more the value of his blood. Do you know that Jesus Christ's blood was enough to pay for every sinner and every sin in the world? Just mathematically, let's go off of equations, go hard, cold hard facts. Jesus' blood, the value of it was to pay for every sinner and every sin. His value is all. 
That means anyone who goes to hell is a great tragedy, not only for that sinner, but for Christ who shed his blood to pay for all. You know what that means is that Jesus did not get as much value out of his blood as it was worth. Anyone who goes to hell, he already paid their price, but they went to hell anyways. His blood was more valuable than that. It's getting less value, less purchasing power than what it was actually worth. Why is it wise to go soul winning? Because of the value of Christ and his sufferings. Why else is it wise to go soul winning? One last passage, the book of Daniel chapter 12. The book of Daniel chapter 12. Now again, as we're showing you, soul winning is not a New Testament doctrine. It is a Bible doctrine. It is something mentioned in both Old and New Testaments. Daniel chapter 12. Why is it wise to go win souls? Now we start off with the principle, every healthy organism reproduces itself. And God wants us to be healthy. Most people unfortunately are not spiritually healthy, but we need to be. And if we're spiritually healthy, we will reproduce ourselves. It's what God has given us to do through soul winning. It is the way that we reproduce ourselves. So why is it wise to win souls? One last thing here. Daniel chapter number 12. Daniel chapter number 12. And notice with me in verse number 3. Daniel chapter number 12. And verse number 3. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Notice that turn many to righteousness. That's that soul winning. That those who are wise will turn people to righteousness. By the way, that's also our word repentance. What is repentance? It's a change of mind that leads to a change of behavior. That someone was going the wrong direction and now they've changed their mind and turned towards God. And because they're following after God, they're seeing a change of behavior. That's what our job is, is to change their direction, to turn them the right way. The Bible says they shall be wise, shall shine as the brightness as the firm, of the firmament. The Bible goes on and talks about more about this process in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. But what it's talking about is that we have rewards for winning people to the Lord. These rewards are going to be everlasting and they're going to show up visibly in the millennial kingdom. We're going to stand before Christ and we're going to receive rewards because of our winning people to the Lord, turning them to righteousness, our soul winning, not just getting them to say a prayer, but getting them to follow after the Lord. The fruit of the righteous is the tree of life and they that winneth souls is wise. So here are your questions. First of all, are you spiritually healthy? How do I know if I'm spiritually healthy? How's your Bible reading? How's your hope and faith and trust in God? Are you plugged into Jesus? Are you spiritually healthy? Now, listen, you may try to lie to me, but you know the truth and God knows the truth. Are you spiritually healthy? Then we know that if we are spiritually healthy, that we will be winning people to the Lord. When's the last time you worked or attempted to go witness to someone? We know that we have Saturday opportunity for our church. But what beyond that, have you passed out a track this week? Have you invited someone to church? Have you tried to talk to them about their soul? Have you reached out outside of soul winning times to try to tell people about the Lord? Are you engaged in discipleship, either in discipleship or teaching someone discipleship? Every healthy organism reproduces itself. How are you at reproducing right now? And then we know that we should be wise. But maybe you don't even know Jesus Christ is your savior. We never want to assume that someone is saved. There could be someone that's been in this church for years who does not know Jesus as their savior. They don't know that they're forgiven. They know they're not healthy spiritually. They have no desire to read their Bible. May I say that if you say that you're a Christian and you have no desire to read your Bible, there's something spiritually wrong. It could be that you're not even saved if you don't even have a desire to read your Bible. May I say, we could fix that. We could show you from the Bible for yourself and let you see God and make your own choice. 
But we start off with this principle. Are you spiritually healthy? You do your own self-diagnosis right now. Are you spiritually healthy? Now, we're not talking about your body. We know that some people are catching up from sickness. We know that affects. We're not talking about your body. We're not talking about your mind. You say, well, my mind's been muddled and whatnot. That's fine. That's a different issue. Are you spiritually healthy? Are you plugged into the Bible? Are you plugged into Christ? Is he your hope? Is he your trust? Is he what you're depending upon? Are you spiritually healthy? The soul winning part will take care of itself. But the very first step is, are you spiritually healthy? If your diagnosis of spiritually healthy is correct, then let me ask you, are you reproducing yourself? Are you reproducing yourself? The fruit of the righteous is the tree of life. And he that winneth souls is wise. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.